Hello and welcome to Timeless Truths, a sermon podcast from St. Mark Ministries in Greater Green Bay, Wisconsin. This week we continue our series, Looking Back to Have a Better Future. In episode 26, let's join Pastor Ben Workentine as we discover how to remove idols. So open up your heart, open up your Bible, and let's dig in to these timeless truths. Bad news for the Green Bay community. R&D's House Divided is closing this weekend. You still got time if you want to go. They're open today. But if you're watching this on demand, your time may have run out. I don't know if you've been there, but if you haven't, it's a restaurant, a bar that is divided. Half the place is color, has Green Bay colors, has Packer colors and Packer memorabilia and all kinds of posters and stuff for the Green Bay Packers. The other half is Bears stuff, Bears colors, Bears memorabilia, all kinds of Bears stuff. R&D, the owners, are moving up north. They're retiring. They've already opened R&D's retreat, and they need to close their Green Bay location. No more is there a house divided in Green Bay. Can you even do that? Have a divided house? Maybe on something like football you can. Obviously, R&D have made it work. But about something really consequential? It takes a lot of work to keep a divided house healthy and strong. And even then, there's no guarantee. The only thing harder than maintaining a house divided is keeping strong and healthy a heart divided. Can you imagine having a heart deeply divided between marrying this person or marrying that person? Between this full-time job and this full, that full-time job, between this career and that career, between this school and that school, between this family and that family, it's exhausting just to think about. Is it even possible? Can you have a house, a heart, divided? Can you really serve two masters? And we all serve somebody. Can it really be two people? We all have a, a higher power, a, a higher authority that directs us in what's right and what's wrong. Gives us meaning and purpose. Place we turn to when things get hard. Can you serve two masters? What if they, they're opposing? What if they disagree on a really important issue? How can you possibly maintain a heart divided? That's where the life of Solomon comes in handy. It's a case study in what it looks like for a person to have a divided heart. And in this series where we're taking a look back to gain a brighter future, Solomon's life is telling. There's all kinds of things for us to learn as we dig into his life. Tips to learn, warnings to listen to. If you're not familiar with Solomon, he was a pretty big deal back in the Old Testament in his world. He was the son and heir of great King David, the greatest king that ancient Israel had ever known. David had pushed the boundaries of the nation as far out as they would ever be. He amassed incredible wealth. He negotiated peace. He was a man after God's own heart, and Solomon was expected to be a chip off the old block. But he had a pretty good resume himself. He built the temple in Jerusalem, counted by one 6th century author as one of the wonders of the ancient world. 
he wrote poetry that has endured to this day, Ecclesiastes and Song of Songs. He wrote down Proverbs that still guide the wise. And as far as wealth goes, well, the writer of Chronicles says this, Solomon made silver and gold as common in Jerusalem as stones. I don't know exactly what the conversion rate is between stones and billions of dollars, but it's more than I can imagine. Solomon had it all. Any advantage you could have, he did have. But then there comes this one passage. Passage we're going to turn to. If you've got a pew Bible or Bible app open, 1 Kings chapter 3. We're going to be looking at verse 3. We'll be bouncing around a lot, but this verse is really the center point of the whole thing. 1 Kings 3, 3. And it's not even the whole verse it's kind of this tagline at the end. Uh, it almost feels like a throwaway comment. And if we weren't paying attention, we think it was just that. But the truth is, this one phrase gives us the trajectory of the life of the wisest man who had ever lived. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 3. Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given him by his father David except that he offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. It's really a mixed review. He showed his love for the Lord. That's great. That's awesome. What a gift that God would give him the kind of faith that would express itself publicly. But then he hedged his bets. He offered sacrifices in these high places. High places, you'll find them throughout the Old Testament. Oftentimes they're literally high places, hills, or under big trees, great trees. Statues, figurines were put up. People would go and bow down. They'd offer sacrifices. And that's where Solomon's heart was divided. But if you've got First Kings 3 open, page down, what happens next to Solomon? Do you see it? Maybe you remember the story. The very next thing we hear about the life of Solomon is God appears to Solomon in a dream and grants him one wish, anything your heart desires. And it demands the question, is it really that big of a deal to have a heart divided? If God appears to a man whose heart is clearly divided, if he appears to him and grants him such generosity, is it really that big of a deal? That's the way it seems, right? that our divided hearts are maybe not that big of a deal, at least at first. So what if I love making money? I still show up on Sundays? I still give a generous offering? So what if I love spending time with my family and going on vacations and tournaments and being gone a lot of the time? I still make my small group a priority. I still show up when people need me. So what if I like to argue a little bit about politics? I always put God before country. Let anybody know who will listen that it's Merry Christmas, not Happy Holidays. Is it really that big of a deal? Here's the problem with any of us, me included. When we shift the equation, we make it Jesus plus fill in the blank. Jesus plus anything. 
God does not share his throne. He says so again and again. His very first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 6, puts it this way. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. See, God plus anything equals nothing. Any idol nullifies the equation. What are we really talking about here? I mean, Solomon had high places. He had these statues made out of bronze and, and, and wood and stone. I'm willing to bet that if I walked into your house, I would not see a shrine to Buddha or a poster of Vishnu. So who am I to say that it's possible our hearts are divided? In his book, Jesus plus nothing equals everything, author Tullian Chavitijan gives us this definition of an idol. See, it's not just statues and posters. He says this, An idol is anything that you conclude in your heart you must have in order for your life to be meaningful, valuable, secure, exciting, or free. Let me read that again. An idol is anything or anyone that you conclude in your heart you must have in order for your life to be meaningful. Valuable, secure, exciting, or free. Is it possible your heart is divided? Ask these two diagnostic questions later on today when you've got a moment of of quiet, of reflection. What is that thing or person that if it was taken away from you, you wouldn't be you? Not anymore. And life wouldn't be worth living. A second diagnostic question. What do you run to? For comfort, for hope, for joy, for peace, for meaning? When you are scared? Lonely? Angry? Despairing? Or feel like a failure? The pot at the end of that dark rainbow is your idol. What are we talking about? It's not just bad things that make for great idols, statues of Buddha and Vishnu. They're even good things. When they become ultimate things, they, they can become idols too. They could be family vacations. It could be ambition at work. It could be good looks or good health. Academic success. The next promotion, weekend tournaments, being thought of as a leader, being thought of as anything. They divide, these idols divide our hearts. When anyone or anything but God makes us feel worthy of love, we have an idol problem. Maybe it's not that big of a deal. Take a look at Solomon. We saw how it ended, or we saw how it began, I should say. Let's take a close look at how it ended. First Kings chapter 11. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been. On a hill east of Jerusalem, 
Solomon built a high place for Chemish, the detestable god of Moab, for Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. He did the same for all his foreign wives who burned incense and offered sacrifices to their gods. Solomon left a trail of wreckage and ruin, not only in his own life, but in the generations that followed. We find this comment of his legacy. More than a dozen kings after Solomon had died, we find out Josiah is still fighting against that dark legacy. We find this, 2 Kings 23. Josiah also desecrated the high places that were east of Jerusalem, on the south of the hill of corruption, the one Solomon, king of Israel, had built for Ashtoreth, the vile goddess of the Sidonians, for Chemish, the vile god of Moab, and for Molech, the detestable god of the people of Ammon. I know you might be convinced that you can hold these two gods in your heart, that you can have a divided heart, and it, it won't really hurt anybody. Let's just say that we're true. I'm not convinced it is, but for the sake of argument, let's say it is. Solomon shows the pattern of damage that happens to the generations after. Generations who are confused and wounded by a divided heart. I know it seems small now, but it won't stay small. As you worship at the feet of two gods, one you know is real and the one you like. But the greatest damage of all is done to your relationship with that Creator. Can you imagine turning to your bride, your, your beautiful wife, and saying, I love you. You're the only one for me. My whole heart is yours. I want to spend the rest of my life with you, but I want to text this woman on the side. How long will your marriage last? How long will your relationship with God last if you've got a side piece? It will die. And with it, all the blessings that come from that relationship, both here and hereafter. If you read the whole life of Solomon, there's this big question mark at the end of his life. Did he die in faith? Can't answer it. Will you meet him in heaven? Will you get a chance to talk to him and ask him questions? The Bible doesn't give us a definitive answer. And if Solomon couldn't manage a divided heart, what makes you think you and I would be any better at it? So what are we going to do? How do we stitch this divided heart back together? How do we commit fully? How do we focus on the one God who has done everything for us? Do more. Get better. Live it out. No. That won't work. Because then we have a divided heart just a different way. One side, how good we're following God, how well we're following God, and the other side, God Himself. Now, if you want a united heart again, go back into the life of Solomon. Take a close look. Not at Solomon, but at his God. Remember what happens after Solomon, after we read this phrase about Solomon's heart being divided? What happens next? God appears to him and gives him not only wisdom, but wealth and honor too. 
Isn't that curious to you just a little bit? That God would appear to Solomon after his heart is divided, after it's clear his heart is divided? Why that timing? Because God wasn't waiting for Solomon to have some moral superiority, to have a moral epiphany. He wasn't waiting for Solomon to achieve some some levels, to have his priorities in order. God showed up for Solomon even when Solomon didn't want him. Even when Solomon didn't deserve him, God showed up. Just a month ago, we celebrated God showing up for us too. In a manger in Bethlehem, God showed up. He wasn't waiting for you to have a moral epiphany, to to have the moral high ground. He wasn't waiting for you to get your priorities straight. He showed up, not because you deserved it, because you had earned a, a spot on the roster, but because God chose to, because God loved you. He showed up for you. There's more evidence of how to stitched together a divided heart in the life of Solomon. It comes in a surprising place. It comes from the fact that Solomon's reign ended. He wasn't king forever. And that was not a foregone conclusion. If you lived back in the days of David, his father, you would have heard and known a prophecy from 2 Samuel chapter 7. Nathan the prophet is making this promise on behalf of God to David. He says, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. In the days of David before Solomon was born, it was not clear that Solomon wasn't the fulfillment of this promise. But can you imagine if Solomon had been allowed to live forever, if he had been allowed to reign forever, what kind of wreckage he would have caused? But God was too gracious for that. He ended his reign in the coup de grace. But he did not back down from his promise of a forever king. And isn't that what we're looking for? A king and a kingdom that's big enough for us to throw everything we are, everything we have into it, and there's still room left over. If you're visiting with us, if this is your first time tuning in online, and if you're questioning this whole Christianity thing, maybe you've noticed this. Maybe you've gotten bored with kingdoms that are too small. Because this thing that I hold on to, this idol that has my heart divided, it doesn't fulfill me. It doesn't keep its promises. When I come to the end of it, and I will come to the end of it, I'll be just as hollow as when I began. This kingdom, this divided heart that wants it both ways, (laughs) it's too small. But there is a kingdom that is big enough. There is an eternal kingdom. A God who reigns. A God who lives up to the hype. A God who is fully committed to your rescue. And we find Him. A humble servant. With no majesty or beauty to attract us to Him. With no name for us to to put Him on a pedestal. We find Him. Healing the sick, giving sight to the blind, raising the dead. We find him. Handing himself over, going willingly with his captors. Even though he stood at the head of an army of at least 72,000 angels, 
He gave himself up willingly at a betrayer's kiss. We find him stripped and bleeding, hanging from a cross, the symbol of Roman dominance. And we find him, most importantly, not in a tomb. That temporary cell could not hold the way, the truth, and life for any more than three days. He broke out of it, and we find that our King rose. This King has now spent your entire life calling your name. Just as He has mine. Ben Workentine, I baptized you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit calling your name again and again. Take and eat. Take and drink. This is given for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. He has called your name. Put you on the roster of citizens in this new kingdom so that you would know that that death 2,000 years ago applies to you today. This king does not have a divided heart. Not in the least. He was and is fully committed to you, to your rescue. So put away the idols. I don't know what they are for you. They're different for you than they are for me. What you're carrying, what's dividing your heart, what you're chasing for comfort, purpose, joy. But I do know this. Whatever that idol is, it has not been as good to you as God has been. Whatever that idol is, it has not loved you as completely and sacrificially as God has. So remove the idol. If you're not quite sure how, talk to your small group. The people who know you and love you best, who want to see you united, of a focused mind, who want to see you remove that idol, they are there to help. It's time. Do it now. It's time to close the heart divided. Because what your king has opened in you is new and it is so much better. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Timeless Truths. Whether you're a first-time listener or a long-time listener, we're glad you could join us. For more information or to support the work of St. Mark Ministries, check out our website at stmarkministries.com. Be sure to tune in next week as we continue our series, looking back to have a better future. And remember, you matter and you are loved.